Nevada Speaks, a no BS podcast where we will talk about topics that are on the minds of the people of Nevada, to let our voices be heard above the noise that is currently out there, to be able to make a difference, keep our constitutional rights safe, and put Nevada back in the hands of the residents again. It is time. Well, hello there, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Nevada Speaks. We have an interesting topic today that uh, Julie and I just kind of stumbled on as we were just talking one day about um, voting trends, um, specifically in Nevada. So we thought we would um, just kind of do like almost like a little review of history and and then just take a look at um, maybe what truth really is here in Nevada because I'm going to tell you what the statistics show and what is really going on is are very very different so welcome and um, enjoy the show hi Julie how are you this morning hi Bonnie I'm good how are you I'm good Mm. yeah we have a a lot to talk about with the um, the history of our voting uh, voting process, or not not necessarily a process, but the uh, statistics here in Nevada. It's a pretty interesting topic when you start to look into it. Yes, yes, it is. You know, I'll have to say, when when we were deciding whether to leave California and move to Nevada, I, I saw Nevada as basically the Wild West. I still consider it the Wild West. I Me mean, too. the Wild West had brothels. We got brothels, although they're not open yet, but we have brothels. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and Nevada represented to me uh, kind of a live and let live state. You know, I mean, there are certain right. things I don't agree with. I, I really don't agree with the brothels, but I'm not going to deter someone's freedoms. You know, we're, exactly. all, free to, we're all free to do what we want to do. As long as it isn't harming someone else, then go for it, dude, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So when we started looking here, I I actually looked to see, you know, if it was a conservative or a liberal state. And it has bounced back and forth for years. Right. Literally, you know, years of conservatism, years of liberalism. And I think that can kind of be said for like even our U.S. Um, Congress and our Senate. It just depends on if the people are fed up with one side or the other. It bounces right. back and forth. You know, I, I truly see the state bouncing back and forth to bouncing back to conservative votes um, come 2022. But for right now, we're kind of stuck in this very liberal um, world that seems to be removing a lot of things that conservatives feel you should have a choice in. So let's talk about, um, about the history of how people have traditionally voted here. And you ran across a video, right? We'll put the, the video link in the description. But yeah. do you want to give us a little background on that? 
Well, it was just a YouTube video. Uh, it just it, it just showed the history of how we voted here in the state, and it and it really did. It you know uh, w- there were times that we voted um, Democrat, and there were times that we voted Republican, and uh, there was. A couple of times, I think, where there were, um, I think there was a populist candidate that won the popular vote, and I can't remember all of the details, but there, you know, it just lays out the entire history. I just thought it was an interesting video. It's a short video. It's about five minutes. Uh, it's uh, um, on YouTube, and yeah, we'll post the link. You know, I, I kind of want to start off with how you know, this state was, was formed into a state. Uh, I don't remember all of the history, but I do know that it was during, uh, you know, uh, Lincoln's term during the civil war. Yes. And Lincoln wanted this to become a state because he wanted the votes from what I understand. And this was a conservative state. This was very much a conservative state back then. Yes. So this started off as a conservative Republican state. In 1864. And 1864, that's it. Yeah. Yep, that's it. And you want to know something interesting? I remember this. Uh, this was a really interesting thing that I learned um, some time ago. It, do you know how much it costs to send the telegram over to the uh, White House? Uh, it, it was the telegram that had our constant, our state constitution. Um it was it was over three thousand dollars back. That was back then. Wow. It was, yeah, it was considered one of the most expensive, or actually, I think it was the most expensive telegraph that was ever not telegram. I think it was a telegraph um, that was sent ever back then. So it was a very very expensive uh, way to you know send over a piece of information. But yeah, it was our constitution that was sent over and. Um, the first constitution actually failed here in Nevada due to the fact that I believe it was the miners here. There was something about the taxation on miners, and I don't remember the specific details around that, but I do remember it had something to do with the miners not wanting to be taxed. And I think that the the um, the constitution that they had, uh, you know, revised, it still included the taxation on miners, but it was, I think it was on their, just on their net profits or something. I, I don't remember all the details, but I, you know, I'm just going off of memory with all of this. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they, you know, they had to deal with the, you know, the mining industry here, which was huge back then, you know, that was, um, that was the, uh, well, that was the reason why people came out here to begin with, was, you know, was to find precious metals. Yes. So, the, uh, you know, that, that was a big thing back then. And, yes, this was, this was, uh, this, this state was conservative from its uh, inception. And it was, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been mostly conservative from what I can see in, the, in our voting history. And... There are some things that I question when I look at some of the numbers and some of the past results because it just seems like, I don't know, I, I just kind of question, you know, I'm, I'm questioning our voting system in general 
mm-hmm. and how they operate. So right. I'm wondering if these numbers are even correct. So anyway, but with all that said, um, yeah, there's there's been you know some back and forth here in Nevada, and uh, another interesting fact to point out is that we have been a battleground state uh, ten different times. So that's that's pretty interesting. I I hadn't I didn't know that until recently. Well, you know, I I'm reading an article that one of the reasons we're a battleground state. Are you ready for this? I did not know this. That um, Harry Reid. Yeah, (laughs) he he decided that he was going to make this state a battleground state. Interesting. And he said and he spent, you know, 50 plus years working on it. Right. And um, and he he succeeded. He said um, he's quoted as saying, why does he want that to happen? He said, because the power structure of this country is moving west. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting, considering we only have six electoral college votes. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we're not California. We're not, you know what I mean? It's like, wow, that's not a lot of electoral college votes to make us a battleground state. But I thought that was interesting that he started working on this in um, 1987. Huh. Yeah. So. That's interesting to, I didn't know that. Harry Reid has a very, you know, strong history here in in the state of Nevada. Uh, I I would actually use sketchy history, but if you want to use the word strong, go ahead. I had, uh, yeah, I actually, opinions on that one. Yeah, I actually went to, um, uh, took some friends that were from out of town on Friday and we went to the Mob Museum. So people, if you haven't been to the Mob Museum in in the Vegas Valley, you got to go to it. Um, Harry Reid's name is all over that thing. I mean, literally. Yes. So it's like, wow, you're associated with the mob. Nice. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, and, and for those that are listening, you know, don't, don't comment and say, oh, Bonnie's saying Harry Reid's part of the mob. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying his name is in the museum. That's all. You come to your own conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. speaking, of, speaking of museums, since you brought that up, there's a, I cannot remember the name of the museum, but there is this really nice little museum out is as you're going towards Lake Mead, um, oh. off of I think Boulder Highway, mm-hmm. and it's it's tiny. It's just it's little museum, but it's really cool, and it has a lot of people don't know about it. Um, but it's and it's really inexpensive to go to. I'm gonna have to look it up and and post a link to our Telegram page. But it's really uh, it's just got a lot of cool history about the state of Nevada mm-hmm. and. They even preserved some of the old houses, and they've wow. got them set up outside, in you know, like in a kind of a neighborhood setting. And they've got like an old one of the old wedding chapels, and they have the the records, um, like they have the uh, you know the albums mm-hmm. with the wedding records and stuff, so you can see like 
who got married in that chapel. And it's just really interesting. So, and it's like $2 to go in. Uh, it's, gosh, what is the name of that museum? I can't remember at the moment, but I will look it up and post a link. But it's a really, really, really neat museum to go to. And it's, like I said, it's like $2 for, you know, the entrance fee. Um, I don't know if they're still open at this point because of the um, uh, lockdowns. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I would imagine they're probably open now. Um, I I would just guess that you probably have to wear a mask. But, yeah, it's a really neat little place to go to right Mm -hmm. um, right outside of the, you know, kind of the city limits they're going towards Lake Mead. So wow, I encourage interesting. You to look look that up and go to it. It's uh yeah, pretty cool place. So yeah. what were you gonna say? I'm, I'm sorry. No 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 I that's interesting. Um one of the things that I found out in talking to some of our um our people that work for the Nevada GOP I was sitting we were having a great conversation one day and one of the gals was very intricately involved in everything that happened after our November election. And what she found out now, people, if you're listening and you go to the Secretary of State's website, um, and it talks about the turnout for the uh, election here in Nevada, um, I'm not. I'm going to tell you those numbers are wrong. They're wrong. Um, the real numbers are, are quite different. The turnout here in Nevada was very, very Republican. Yeah. In fact, the statistics on um, registration is, uh, it goes independent, Republican, and then Democrat. So that independent is the swing in this state. It really is. So it doesn't matter, you know, if you're registered independent, then um, you can you can really change an election in this state at this point, which I did not yeah. realize that. I didn't realize that at all. And um, and I think a well, lot of I think more and more people are registering independent because they're waiting to see. Yeah. They're waiting to see. Because honestly, if there was a um, if there was a candidate that stood for the conservative values, the freedoms, a constitutional candidate, it wouldn't matter what ticket he was on. He would get the vote because people want our vote to be constitutional. So I thought that was very interesting um, that she had those official records. So whatever's showing on our Secretary of State's website I, I'm just going to call it out as um, inaccurate at this point. It just is not accurate at all. Well, so, yeah. You know, and another thing, too, I know a lot of people personally that are registered independent, but they vote conservative. They, you know, they vote on, you know, they vote for a Republican candidate, but they don't particularly like the Republican Party. And I don't blame them because I'm not a big fan myself. Yeah. I, I don't. I you know, the Democratic Party has nothing to offer me, uh, but the Republican Party needs a lot of work, you know. And so I I personally voted or registered as a Republican only because I was hoping that I could, you know, be part of changing that party and, mm-hmm. you know, making uh, 
you know, making it operate a little bit better. But, you know, it, it, it was, it was tempting to just, you know, register as an independent because I'm really not a fan of the Republican party as you know, the way that it's being run right now. You know, so, I, Julie, I did the same thing when I came here and, you know, went to the DMV and filled out my license and, you know, you can register to vote at that, that time. Right. I, I looked at my husband and, you know, we kind of looked at each other and I said, okay, let's just register Republican. Maybe it'll make a difference. Maybe right. we can make a difference. But I literally in my head was going, Bonnie registers an independent, but I, I didn't. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, it is. Um, yeah. But and, then you can't do anything to change the Republican Party if you're an independent because you can't, you know, you don't have the ability to even vote in the primary. So, right. right. And, and if you want to, you know, you can attend anything you want to attend, but you, you carry a little more weight when you're in that party's group than if you attend an event and you're an independent. You'll exactly. carry, yeah. Cause they, they honestly, I mean, if you think about it, the independent um, sits on the fence. Yes, exactly. And it's, you know, they're not, they, they don't have the, uh, you know, well, and it makes sense. They don't have the right, you know, you can't, you can't do anything within, you know, either the Democrat or the Republican party unless you're registered with them. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's, it, it makes sense why you can't, but yeah. you know, it, it would, you know, I, I just wanted to, I, I've really not ever been a fan of the GOP, but you know, I was hoping that at some point in the future we could, we could make some changes to it because I think that there's room for growth and, and good change there. Mm -hmm. But we have, uh, we have a lot of work to do as far as I'm concerned. Yes. We're actually, um, you guys stay tuned because Julie has a story she will tell in another podcast about her journey <laughs> from Democrat <laughs> to Republican. She has a journey to tell and a story to tell on that. So I'm interested Absolutely. to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just talk specifically about November and what the heck was all the to-do over everyone in the state getting a ballot. Right. I, I, I sat with my mouth hanging open over that whole thing, mainly because for 25-plus years, I worked in um, corporate America, and part of my job was traveling. I traveled all over the country um, doing, I was a, a corporate event planner and I worked for some large corporations. So I was all over the country and I never knew if I was going to be home for the election for voting. So I requested an absentee ballot, AKA mail-in ballot. Right. Super well, simple to do. Super simple. a little bit different. It is a little different. I will tell you that. But you still get it ahead of time. You still get to mail it in. Our military that is deployed have mailed in their ballots for decades. Right. You don't have. You don't have ballot. to. Pardon. But it's an absentee uh, ballot. Right. Versus versus just them mailing them all out. Right. Right. Which was a total fiasco this past election. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, we 
we moved here in 2019. So we weren't here for the 2018 voting. Um, but apparently <laughs> the former owners were, and guess what we got? Their ballots. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they moved to Colorado and I'm pretty sure they registered in Colorado. Right? Yeah. We got their ballots and they weren't the first owners. So the first owners, we didn't get their ballots, but we got the ballots of the people we bought the home from. Wow. I don't, you know, and it's, and I guess what really bothered me over this whole thing was the fact that they're doing this for our safety. Yet, we're going to the grocery stores. Right. <laughs> it's that like, was my whole thing. It's we like, were just, what? I, I was packed inside of Costco one day with all these people, and I'm just sitting there looking around like, why are we voting? Why, why are there mail-in ballots being mailed to everybody when we're packed in a grocery store like sardines? I mean, well, it's Costco, rather. But. Yeah. I mean, but every every grocery store or Costco or Walmart, whatever it was, all of these stores were always crowded. Yeah. And and it was like, you know, we we had to wear masks. So if masks work, you know, that was my that was always my argument about the the whole thing was that if masks work, then why do we need to have this all mail in ballot system? It's not like you go with an absentee ballot. You actually have to register. You have to. Uh, you have to ask for it. You go online, or you go down to your, uh, you know, the the uh, the voting office. Um, you have to ask for the absentee ballot. Right. And those absentee ballots are there for people who have a disability, who are away, you know, for military duty. You know, they're, you know, for for those types of situ- situations. Right. And you know. And sometimes people just, you know, that it's more convenient for them. So, you know, you have to register for that absentee ballot and it's not hard. It's a very simple thing to do, but they verify who you are when you do that with this all mail-in, uh, you know, ballot thing that they did. I remember when they actually went through the legislature, it was in the middle of the night yes. before... It was like, wasn't it like last, it was sometime last summer, I believe. Yep. And I remember trying to voice my opinion on the issue and I could not get through. They had, they had no way of even accepting a public opinion on this issue. And they just voted in the all mail-in ballots in the middle, literally in the middle of the night. I think it was like either 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. Okay, and so, it was insane. So stop right there. Did you hear what she said, people? They did this in the middle of the night. Yes. And, and there was no way she could get through to voice an opinion, which means no one else could get through to voice an opinion. Right. If you have to do it under the cover of darkness... Don't do it. Problem. Golden rule. That's a problem. That's a problem. And it's kind of like, you know, my, my grandma used to say nothing good happens after midnight. And it's exactly. true. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the truth. It's like there, there was, there was absolutely no reason for that to be voted in 
especially in literally in the middle of the night, like they did. Yeah. I really don't remember the exact hour that they did it, but I remember, it was there. I stayed up really, really late because I was very concerned about this. Uh-huh. And um, I stayed up until, you know, the early hours of the morning. Uh, and I tried to get my opinion in there. I was, I was finally able to put an opinion in through their online service, you know, mm-hmm. form. But by then, they, I found out they had already voted on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was very, it was done very uh, secretively, and I'm trying to remember. I think I had a, I had trouble even. I don't think that they were take you know. I don't believe they were um, doing this like on a video service, you know, so that the public could see what they were doing. Uh huh. I, I could be wrong about that, and and it may have just been something to do with my connection mm-hmm. but I remember having trouble finding I was trying to watch them was the whole thing and I couldn't find it or it wasn't loading or something I don't remember all of, you know the specific details about that but I do remember being frustrated because I could not find a live video of them you know going through this process and it's you know we they are supposed to they are representing us. They need to remember that this is the way our government is operating is completely backwards from the way that we're that they're supposed to be operating. Right. So, yeah, if, if they're doing this in the middle of the night, then obviously they're trying to sneak something through. Is yeah. is my point? Yeah, exactly. It it's exactly what I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just it it just. Um... It totally befuddles me as to why they decided, why they, well, I know why. They were already, last summer, actually, they were, they had been planning this since 2016. Let's just be perfectly honest here. Right. They had been planning because Hillary wasn't supposed to lose. Exactly. You know, she was not supposed to lose in 2016. And they, they didn't know what to do with that. So they started planning in 2016. To figure yes, out how to cheat. And, you know, it's so blatant. I, I, I'm, it's just blatant, you guys. If you don't think that this last election wasn't a cheat, then you, you need to either, you know, put your head back in the sand and live in your la-la land or grow up, one of the two. Right. But this, yeah, this has been ridiculous. I mean, they went as far, they went as, far as to go out to, you know, the local... Um, Native American reservations and, you know, give them gift cards and, and other yes. things, you know, to buy their vote. And yes. it's like, and that still to, to this day, nothing has even happened with that. And it's like, where's our attorney general? I mean, what, what's going on with that? That's a very serious crime. Our attorney, you know, our attorney general should be in jail for tax evasion. Yeah. That, that's, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But yeah, this, I mean, they need to be held accountable for the things that they've done that, you know, when, you know, it's so funny because all I ever heard about when I used to be a Democrat, and I'm so sorry, but when I used to be a Democrat, all I ever heard about was, you know, the voter suppression and, 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 and you know, it's how conservatives wanted to take away voting rights. And it's like, you know, when you really, when you flip that switch in your head and you start to look at things from a totally different perspective, you realize that, you know, it, things are actually 
a whole lot different than, you know, you have to stop listening to, you know, the, the, the main narrative that's going around and, and really start doing some digging on your own. Because I'm telling you, when you go to pay somebody with gift cards or gifts, whatever it may be for their vote, you are suppressing the vote of the rest of us. You right. are, you are taking away, you know, our constitutional rights because you're that, that vote is not genuine. It's, it's a disingenuous vote. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you can't, you're, you're just paying, you're paying for that vote. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that, uh, you know, they've, they've found, you know, all sorts of dead Democrat voters here in the state. Uh, yep. lots of people who were registered at addresses that did not exist. Yep. Uh, right here in Las Vegas. And, um, it was pretty interesting to watch the, uh, I, I didn't watch the entire thing, but I watched part of Steven Crowder's, um, you know, little documentary thing that he did uh-huh. where he came out to Vegas. Uh, did you see that Bonnie? No, I did not. But, well, that's, uh, something you might want to look at at some point. It, he, he investigated specifically, uh, Nevada and Las Vegas and he found you know, some of the voters at addresses that did not exist or they were like, you know, that literally the addresses did not exist. Um, so it, it, that's, that's a, I, I would, it would be a long story to get into. It's mm-hmm. just best to go watch it. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that happened here that, um, yeah, yeah very so, interesting. So when it came right down to it, all right, so they mail out all these ballots to everyone gets a ballot, right? Um, I'm a vote in person person now after, you know, after years of ha- having to use an absentee ballot for the past 15 plus year, the past probably 18 years, I, yeah. I vote in person. I like going voting in person. Um, I remember growing up. Okay. So here's a bit of voting history for you guys. I grew up in a, in a city called West Covina. It is a suburb in Los Angeles County. My parents' garage was turned into a polling place. Wow. Yes. And my mom sat at a little card table, a little folding table, and she took people's IDs, and she knew everyone. She took their ID, checked them off on the voter registration roll, handed them a ballot, and they went into little booths, and they filled out their ballots with a with you know with the black pen not a pencil right not a blue pen Russia. has to be a black pen right right and then they brought him back to her and she she you know i remember hearing her say oh sign this you have to sign it <laughs> signatures had to be on ballots you know right. anyway but i guess what really stands out in my mind about those days was it was it was where our neighborhood voted. And even though my mom was asking for ID, which she was required to do, we all knew our neighbors. Right. And then as as the neighborhood grew, it the polling place went to a community center at a little park that was in our neighborhood. And my mom 
and my dad still worked the polling place along with other neighbors who had been hosting it in their garages. So instead of three little voting booths, now we had like, you know, 15 voting booths. And I remember watching people go up and vote. And I remember thinking how cool that was. That people get to decide. They get to show up and decide. And it was history happening right in front of me. My parents drilled that into me. This is history happening right in front of you type of thing. It was a, it's a sweet memory of basically, you know, voting and what it's supposed to look like. At the end of the day, all the ballots were put into a box that was literally, at that point in time, taped shut. And my mom and dad signed that box on the tape. Huh. Yes. And then they waited and a, um, a truck came around and they had to sign the form that they were giving the box to this gentleman who actually they knew because he was from the neighborhood and he picked them all up and then he took them to the next location and he signed the tape on that box. There was a secured process way before voting machines. That sounds a lot more secure than the voting machines. Yes. And I remember when the little punch cards came in. So you would take your little ballot and you'd slide it into this little, um, little, I don't know what to call it. It was like a, for lack of a better word, it looked like a little book. It had these pages that you would turn. And you'd slide it into there, and the voting, whoever you were voting for, would show up as you turn the page, and then you would punch, use this little punch thing, and it would punch a hole on your ballot. And if you go way back, the dangling Chad issue in Florida, (laughs) that's where that came from. Oh, okay. Okay, so it was... It was more secure than we are now. When I was speaking at the um, GOP office, when I was meeting with the, the ladies there, the voting machines. If you voted on, with a voting machine, you didn't, you know, walk up, hand in your ballot or mail it in. You walked right. in, you, you know, got your little card, you went to the machine, you insert your card into the machine, and then... Right. The voting process started. They have video of people removing the card. Thank you for joining Nevada Speaks. At the very end, please share says, with your you friends and family. Your, your voting card, you can right? leave a comment or email nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. That is nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you are listening over again on whatever platform, please like, share, that Do just, all the things. I just and don't forget something. to subscribe wherever you're listening from. Me, Thank you. She was there well before me. And I never saw her come out after I left to come to think of it. So, I mean, I'm not accusing anybody. Right. I'm just saying, I just, that's, that. now I'm starting to remember mm-hmm. something. But that's really interesting. I think that, uh, you know, um, I don't understand why we can't go back to paper ballots. I just don't, 
I, I don't see any need. Why do we need this technology when there's so many questions around it? I, I think technology is great, but in this instance, I don't think it is so much. And it obviously didn't help count the votes fast. I mean, it still took, how long did it take the state to get their votes uh, tallied and, and sent in? Oh, gosh, I don't uh, even know. It was ridiculous. Wasn't it like, it was at least a week? Yeah, it was a good week. It was. We were into the second week before we were we were done. I mean, so, you would think... The following week, I should say. What's that? We were into the following week. Yeah, it, and it was like, if the, you know, if everything's done electronically, you would think that everything should be tallied that same night on vote, you know, on the night of voting. I mean, it, it seems to me that if, you, if you've got you know, such a, a super fast system that's going to record everything. It, why, why does it then? And I understand that they had to process the, you know, mail-in ballots and, you know, the provisional ballots, whatever. I, I, I understand that to an extent, but what I don't understand is that they see, they also started counting these ballots well before the, uh, you know, the, the uh, actual voting day. Uh, and then many people voted early. Yeah, they, the early voting, let me see if I can find it. Mm. I think early voting went on for about a week prior to election day. There yeah. were a couple of days, I think it was the Friday, let's see, because voting day is all, it's on a Tuesday, so... I think it was that Friday and Monday prior to voting day that it was closed, but it went all the way through that Thursday prior. Yeah, uh, they were saying, um, according to the Secretary of State's stats, which I don't believe, but it's the only stats we have, right? Um, right. 281,000 people, uh, 958, voted early. Statewide. I, of, I voted early. I know a lot of people did. I voted on the day. Um, I could have voted early, but I just, we just had other things going on, and so we went the day of. But 281,958 voted early, total statewide. Okay. And here in Clark County, 194,905 voted early. This was a big voting early. Um, and I just think that has to do with the population. People didn't want to, you know, stand in line. That was my thing. I, I went early because I, I was just, I was concerned that on the, you know, actual voting day, so the lines might be really long. So yeah. I, I went ahead and uh, voted, you know. I, yeah. did, I did it the week before, so. I think it just depends on where you, you know, like where you show up to vote. Now, in the, in the, back in the day, you had to vote in your little area. Yeah. But now, was... because of, because of the systems, you can go, you know, I could be across the valley. I could be across the county and go, oh, I need to vote today and walk into any voting place. Because yes. Of, because that... of the systems. But back in those days, you had to show up. To your precinct, your precinct, where your, your precinct. precinct, yeah, you had to show up there to vote, and we need well, to get back to case, that. That was even the case during the um, 
I remember that being the case when I lived in California. Um, I don't remember it even, I, I don't remember when that changed, but I remember back, you know, during all of the elections that I, I, I did, I don't have a very long voting history. Uh, I didn't used to care about politics until recently. <laughs> um, but I did vote in the 2008 election. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I was, um, and I do remember you had to, you had to vote in your precinct. Yeah. You could not just go to any. Yeah. I don't know when that changed. That'd be an interesting thing to look up. When did that change? Well, they had, and, and I remember they had your name and your address and they had to look you up. There was this big book. The, yeah. The lady had. Yeah. And you know, they had to verify you. You, you had to show your ID. Oh, here's another thing I want to point out. For everybody who is against having to show ID during the voting process, you know, what doesn't make any sense to me is that you have to show your ID in order to register. So why not show that same ID when you go to vote? Exactly. It, that, there, there, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You have to have your ID in order to register, whether it be online mm -hmm. or whether it be where if you're going to go register in person, your a copy of your identification has to be taken with that registration. Yeah. So why you have to show so ID to do so many things? Oh, you have I to know. show ID depending on how you look that day to buy alcohol. You have to show ID to get on an airplane. You have to show ID. I mean, it's to write a check to to use your credit card. They say, right. may I see may I see your ID? I mean, come on, stop it with a we don't need an ID. <laughs> and and the other thing too I, I i constantly heard this you know argument that it was uh difficult for certain people to get an id and it was just the most nonsensical argument i i'm, I'm like what do you mean black people can't get id like that that is such a just that's a really derogatory thing to say yes about black people and yes i remember one person telling me well they don't all have birth certificates I'm like, what? I'm just like what are you even talking about and they said because back in the day they didn't they weren't able to obtain birth certificates and i'm thinking i'm like okay we're in 2020 and you're trying to tell me that i mean I understand that there was a period of time where not everybody obtained a birth certificate. Okay. We're, those generations are way, you know. Those are long gone. Right. And, and even the oldest person alive Has might a birth be certificate. in that category. Yeah. But, well, okay. I think about this. I have a copy of the birth certificate of my grandparents' And they were born in Sicily. Okay. Oh, wow. So my dad would have been well into his 100s. So his parents were born in Sicily, and we have a copy of their birth certificate. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, there were birth certificates that long ago. Right. Yeah, my dad would 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 be uh, will be a hundred would would have been a hundred and one this year. His parents, 
significantly older, obviously. Not sure what year they were born. I'd have to look on their birth certificate. Had birth certificates because that's how they came through Ellis Island. Interesting. Yes. Well, and I know that there's a, you know, when you, for those who do a lot of uh, genealogy research, that, you know, there are birth certificates and, you know, birth records for for just about everybody. So I, I really never understood that argument. And I understand that there are, there are, you know, I understand there are uh, situations, but, you know, you can't use all, all of the, there are anomalies in life, you know, and it's like, you can't use these, the small percentages to affect an entire uh, system. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you can't, like, to, to take these very few specific um, examples where it may be, you know, truly difficult for somebody to obtain an ID, mm-hmm. that, that should not affect an entire society. Right, right. Uh, you know, go help those people with that problem. Go fix that for them. It, right. You know, it, they're few and far in between, which they are. Go help them and figure out a way to fix that problem for those for the people who truly have difficulty obtaining an ID. Yeah. But to just generalize and say that black people cannot, I, I'm, I'm literally, I'm telling you what a professor told me. That, I mean, it's just it's the most insane thing. I, I was really, I was actually offended. Yeah. Because. It's you know, offensive, period. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's offensive it to is. say, oh, you, 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 you know, you, you can't. You know, it must be hard. You, you can't have a birth certificate. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And being able to obtain ID right. was offensive as well because my husband's black and he has a, he has a driver's license. And <laughs> obtain one. So that, that's why it was personally offensive to me yeah. to hear that. Yeah. So anyway. So tell yeah. me a little bit about the municipality votes, municipal votes. Well, yeah, the um, let me get back to that really quick. Oh, by the way, I looked up the museum I was talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the Clark County Museum, and it's right out there on 1830 South Boulder Highway. Uh, it's but yeah, it's just called the Clark County Museum. So let's go over if I can find it. Sorry, I oh, I lost it. Hold on. Oh, goodness. Where did it go? I had it saved. Nope, that's not it. Um, I was just going to kind of touch over the, the voting process for Las Vegas, but I lost the page, Bonnie. I am so sorry. When I went to go look for the museum, I think I closed it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they changed the... Uh, there was something that was changed, and now they're going to be voting on even years. That was something that was legislated recently. Oh, that yes, that was changed, and that's, that's how uh, um, our the mayor of Henderson is like still in because right. they changed it from odd to even years. Exactly. Yes. So they're getting. I guess they're getting extra years mm-hmm. in office. They got an extra year. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I, I wanted to, hold on, let me see. Um, 
let me try to pull it up again, see if I can find it. I wanted to see if I could kind of go over some of the facts about the, uh, you know, just how things work here in Las Vegas uh, specifically, and just not able to find where I was at. I am so sorry. Hold on just a second. That's okay. While you're looking for that, I'm actually on that museum's website. This looks pretty interesting. Looks very interesting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. They actually have, um, oh my gosh, who was, who's the senator? Um, they have Pat McCarran's uh, Senate, Senate chair. The, the actual chair. Oh, wow. Oh, the actual chair. Yeah. Very cool. We have that there at that, um, at that museum, so it was that was pretty. Yeah, it is open. It's two dollars. Seniors and children are a buck. Um, it's closed Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Day. So yeah, it's really really neat little place to go, and I I guess a lot of people just don't know about it. Yeah, it was actually something I was introduced to um, during one of my history classes that I took uh, here locally so I went there and I was like oh this is a this is a pretty interesting place so and they have like um they have exhibits that run so right now is called soft focus it's um local artist and it's quilting oh interesting yeah Quilting is, like, so tedious. I can't believe people do it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I that's not. I mean, I have, I have friends that are quilters, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. It is. Yeah. Quilting is a very impressive skill, and yeah, it's not it for me. It is not for I, me either. But, yeah, this looks very, very cool. There's some COVID restrictions. So I might be waiting a while before I go visit it. Um, yeah, they want you to wear a mask inside and outside on the property. Yeah. Really? I'll wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big open space outside. Although I will say when you're outside, maybe they have that in place. I, I don't think we should have it, period. But anyway, I when you're outside... Um, you know, like I mentioned before, there's there, they've they have different little houses. And yes, and have, those are closed. You can look closed. right. You you can look at the buildings through plexiglass barricades. Oh I'll gosh, wait before I visit it, but this looks like a very cool little. Um, yeah, that's like one of the best parts of that museum, but. But you want to actually be able to go inside the houses. Yeah, there you can't right now. That's really that's too bad. I, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, hopefully that'll be lifted soon, and you know people can go yeah. enjoy that for the way that it's meant to be enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I. Um, so I I wanted to. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I. Completely closed Did you find out it? that whole page. 
I found it, but now I'm trying to scroll through and find the actual, uh, well, let's just kind of go, I'm just going to kind of read, this is from Las, uh, LasVegasNevada.gov, mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes over how our, you know, city council is set up and our mayor, um, so I'm just going to kind of read some of it. The mayor serves as a member of the city council and uh, presides as chairman over its meetings, performs ceremonial duties, and is the chief executive officer of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, I wanted to kind of go over how our um, different things are set up here, like how the... Uh, I am so sorry, Bonnie. I messed this up really bad. But because I had like a whole thing highlighted and then I, cl- I accidentally closed it out. So just so people know, um, let's see here. We, so the uh, next election for... Um, the next city of Las Vegas municipal election will be held in 2022. That was one of the things I wanted to point out. Yes. Uh, with future elections held at um, two-year intervals. In it, now, like we said, it's going to be in even years instead of odd. So um, that was with the passage of Assembly Bill 50. Uh, let's see. So now... We have, just so people know how it's kind of set up here in, La, in Las Vegas, we have the, we have um, council seats and then judicial seats that are on that election um, for Ward 2, 4, and 6, and mm-hmm. then the judicial seats as well. And that will be coming up in 2022. In 2024 is when the mayor's seat comes up, and then you have the Ward 1, 3, and 5 council seats. And then the, the other judicial seats as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, and I just kind of wanted to go over a little bit how the city was incorporated. So the city of Las Vegas was incorporated on June 1st, 1911, and until 1944 operated under a commission form of government, with each commissioner having administrative control over certain operating departments of the city. Since January 1st, 1944, the city of Las Vegas has operated under what is commonly known as a council-slash-manager form of government. This form of government was approved by a vote of the people with uh, with subsequent Las Vegas City Charter adoption by the legislature. Until 1975, the voters of the city elected the mayor and four city councilmen. A vote of the people in June of 1973 approved a city charter amendment dividing the city into four wards. So that was one of the things I wanted to point out is that we're, you know, the division of the four wards. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't know how just their basic city is, you know, being operated. Right. This allowed the mayor to be elected at large and each councilman to be elected by the voters of his or her own ward. The city charter amendment was subsequently adopted by the legislature with the first election by Ward held in 1975. The elected officials chose to use the title commissioner 
until 1983 when a new city charter approved by the legislature changed their title to councilman. So anyway, that's just a little bit of brief history on the city of Las Vegas and how our uh-huh. um, how our city council is set up. So and, that's and what- that's actually the same in Henderson. It probably is the same in every city throughout the state. They all have the yeah. same charter. Yeah. I figured it would be yeah. pretty similar. So, and and just for people to know that you know your next election is going to be coming up, right? Uh, here in 2022. So that's just next year. So pay attention and start looking at who you know, because the people running your city are very important, mm-hmm. and I'm sure people are realizing that now. You know, I, I mean, your city and your state. Um, I really just want to kind of, I kind of wanted to, you know, focus in on our, our city because I think a lot of times that, you know, those elections are not, they're, they're largely, uh, they're just not as popular. You know, they don't get the media attention that they should. They, you know, they're just not, I mean, everybody knows about the presidential election, you know, very few people know about their next city council election. I mean, right. you know, for the, you know, who's going to be our judges and, and things of that nature. So right. anyway, I just wanted to make a point to pay attention to who is sitting on your city council when their um, term is expiring and, and who to vote for, you know, yeah. keep our city safe because there's a lot of change <clears throat> that they're trying to make in Las Vegas that will really, that, that could very seriously affect us. Right. You know, the, what we were talking about last time with the innovation zone in our last podcast. Yes. That's something that I believe they're trying to bring here to Las Vegas, even though right now they've got a set, you know, uh, place up in Northern Nevada. I, I don't think it's going to stop there. So, you know, pay attention to who is running your city. It's very important. Very important. Okay. I want to end with this one bit of statistics here. Okay. Okay. So, the difference in ballots here in Nevada um, was fifteen thousand. I mean, the actual the actual difference in um, votes for Biden and votes for Trump. All right, was fifteen thousand nine hundred and eleven. Okay. That's what separated the win, supposedly, if we believe this, all right? There, very... there, there were, these are the number of ballots that the signatures were never successfully cured, all right? Or they had to return the ballot because of something to do with the signature. That total is 15,471. Wow. The difference is 440 votes. And you mean to tell me that our Secretary of State, our Attorney General, and our Governor thought it was okay in this state? Bullshit. Wow. That's a very, that's an interesting statistic. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Statistic. Yeah. So the difference in this state was 440 votes. They're going to tell you, oh, no, it was like 15,000. No, you have to look at the ballots that were returned because they didn't have a signature or whatever the reason was, and the ones they never could verify. You add those together, 
and the difference is 440 votes. People, the state has an election integrity problem. It absolutely does. And I have to tell you, just with my own experience, when I went to vote, I remember, you know, you sign on the electronic pad and I had, I had my ID. I was so naive to the process at that point. I didn't realize what was going on. I had my ID out and she said, oh no, I don't need that. And I was like, what? I was really shocked. And So yeah. I went to go sign the electronic pad, and I'm like, um, no, I had to clear it out because I, I knew there was no way it was going to match. It was kind of the, the way that that electronic signature pad was set up, it was, it just wasn't a very good quality product no. to use. Yeah, and, it was horrible. Yeah, and people are, so u- people are so used to signing electronically when they use their credit card and all that type of stuff at stores. I don't, right. I don't sign my real signature. I just scribble. Right. And I thought that, you know, she said that it had to match. So, you know, I thought, okay, I've got to match my signature to what's on my driver's license. Well, I kept messing up. And so finally, you know, she said, oh, no, it's okay. It took it. And I said, wait a minute, what? I was really surprised. I'm like, there's no way that what I just did on that signature pad matched what's on my driver's license or any other document. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. It it was so sloppy and so... It's awkward to sign on those things. And, and especially, it's, it was even more awkward on those particular devices because the pen, it, it just had kind of a very fat tip on the pen. Yes. And do you remember how that was? It, it was just really yeah. awkward. It was not a good machine. In, um, in, in the time of voting in your precinct, you signed when you showed up. Right. And your signature was verified right there. Exactly. By the person at the door. You signed with a pin on a piece of paper. Exactly. Yeah. And it was very strict. I remember. Yeah. uh, I remember the 2008 election when I voted that time. Um, And and I I just remember that being, you know, much more. The the process was just much more. There was so much more verification Mm -hmm. that went on. Yeah. And this time around, it just seemed like it was so, everything was just so willy nilly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we have to change. Yeah. We just want to thank you for tuning in. And um, you guys, these these statistics are available to anyone and everyone. You just need to um, click on the links that we're providing and... Uh, we just, you know, this voting thing is going to continue to be a problem here in Nevada. Get involved. Get involved absolutely. in one way, shape, form, or another. Because it's absolutely. going to be an important thing in order to literally keep our constitutional freedom. So we thank you for tuning in. Thank you very much, Bonnie. It was good talking with you. Good talking to you. Thank you for joining Nevada Speaks. Please share with your friends and family. You can leave a comment or email 
nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. That is nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you are listening on whatever platform, please like, share, do all the things. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening from. Thank you.